that and we'd have to start over. All right. Well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler and I'm staring down the powers of hell. And they are not staring back because nothing is going to separate me from potting at you today. We are talking about freedom and being part of God's family, but before we get too family-friendly, now that they're finished oversharing their suffering, it's about time they share some glory. Let's welcome in our favorite heirs, Marin and Barry. <laughs> Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. I like the heirs part. Yeah. Surprised you didn't sweet. mention anything about Caesar or adoption or anything. I don't think adoption's <laughs> funny, Barry. Well... <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. No, yeah. I was sharing before um, we we came on here that I don't know if it's a really good weekend when I can't come up with a clean, like quick intro or if it's a really bad one. Because this one, you know, not my best. Okay, this sermon was heartwarming. For sure. It was deep. Yeah, it was great. There wasn't a lot of like... Total comic material for yeah. Tyler to write his intro. You guys gotta, you guys gotta think about me. I gotta, you're next right. Time. I, I need to keep that in mind yeah. next time I'm working on. Well, this weekend I'll, I'll work on that. Right. So, yeah, um, guys, I say this every week, uh, and I know it's week to week, but I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> yeah, is it because of the holiday? Like, probably. Because it's funny that it does feel that way. Yeah. Like, man, guys, it's been forever. We've lived a lifetime since the last pod. <laughs> yeah. Well. We're going to get into this in a second, but Marin's lived like two lifetimes since the last <laughs> That's pod. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what's new? What's happening? Barry, what you got? Oh, <laughs> I know what you got. What? Your new foster. Oh, new foster bun. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have a new foster bunny because our last foster bunny, Fritz, went to his forever home on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And I think Sunday Wait, night. Is, what is that? Is that like heaven? What, what no, no, sorry. Sorry. That's he got adopted. Oh, okay. officially. <laughs> I was like, why are you so smiley about this? That's, You're right. That's no, that's sad. Uh, that's a we're not getting into the theology of <laughs> animal heaven. Okay. Uh no, yeah. So he got adopted. And so we brought another foster bun into our home. Elvira. She's very Oh, cool. Very cute. Do you and get to name these bunnies? Some of them. Did we you named, name her? We named Kovu and Wilbur, but we have not named no, we didn't name Elvira. So we call her Ellie. <laughs> hmm. It did not seem like a, a name you would have chosen. <laughs> it wasn't our idea, no. No, but she is all black, right? All black. Yeah. Yep. She's she's pretty. cute, and she has a dewlap, which is like this. I'm glad humans don't have dewlaps. They're like these big neck jiggly neck things <laughs> that girls have. Girl buns sometimes have. What? I don't know. Look it up. And so she. When she runs around, she's Don't got this. Yeah, she's got the little jiggly dewlap going going on. And I came in this morning, and she just had her dewlap just flowing over her water dish. I don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> it was about a little weird. Ellie's dewlap. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's great. Uh, no, that's not even what I was gonna answer as to what's going on. Yeah, I've what's been going in, on? Like a sermon writing frenzy. Whoa! Yes. These last few days, because I preached this past weekend. Yes. I'm preaching again this next weekend, and then just by weird. Uh, just the reality of my seminary class that I'm taking on preaching, I had to write an entirely different sermon, which I gave today to seven staff members who were willing to listen to me <laughs> at, for, you know, a intimate. whole different topic. And that did they, intimate did they sermon. Critique you those and they did. Staff? Yeah. Okay. We talked, we, I got some good feedback and That's awesome. yeah, it was great. So I'm just, I don't know. It's going to end up being like, like close to 10,000 words that I'm writing between in like two weeks. And That's so. awesome. Barry's got the wow. flavor. That's just a lot. So 
does it energize you or drain you to write I mean, I love this much? Every aspect of it. So yes, it it energizes me, but it does stress me out when I think, man, I've got to make this count. Like this has to be good. I can't just mm. get it done. It's not just like a yeah. random paper that I can be okay with, like a B. I need to make sure if I'm going to be like, you know, opening up the Word of God to the, <laughs> to oh, a th- yeah. thousands of people. Yeah, I kind of want it to be important. So I've been, yeah, I've been working on these sermons, like research and stuff, for a really long time. It's just now it's down to like actually putting the words on the paper and that's what takes time. So do you do that here in your office? Do you do that at home? Like where do you shut yourself away to work on this stuff? Usually I do it at home, usually on Thursday mornings. That seems to be the best Mm. time in my like weekly rhythm. So yeah, I do it at home. I'll just kind of work for three or four hours and until you get distracted by Ellie's doolap. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Usually it all comes together then. So, uh, or sometimes Fridays now that Mondays are my day off, which has been You're such a gift guys. Thank you. Hey, it's all for you. You know, I know <laughs> well, that's this move definitely is. So thank you friends of the pod for being uh, willing to let me have a day off on Monday. It's been so, yeah, it's been ideal. So how was, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgivings were great. We did multiple. Uh, oh yeah. We did McClure's on Thursday and then rods on Friday and it was great. Lots of good food, lots of hanging out. Mm. It was fun. Yeah, I my Thanksgiving story isn't going to hold a candle to Marin, so we should probably oh, find out about oh, that. Oh, yeah. All right. It's just a bottle of woes, and you don't want me to pour it out on all of the listeners. <laughs> just give like them a, a bowl sip. of wrath. Just, just give them a sip, a sip of your woes. Of woes. <laughs> <laughs> also, real quick, I love the fact that Marin sent us a video. <laughs> she messaged us a video, me and Tyler, of... Oh, the yeah. microwave drawer, yes, which because has been talked, talked about, about it two years in a row. I know now. two like, podcasts. Seriously, I, my aunt was stunned that you remembered that she had this. When I was like, <laughs> I don't forget my, a thing hold, like that. Hold my phone. I have to take this video. <laughs> I don't for forget my a thing like a microwave in a drawer. Well. And, w- and when I saw the video, I realized for the first time that until that moment, I had not actually understood what you guys were even talking <laughs> oh, about. Really, I didn't even know what a what a drawer microwave was. Yeah, and now I'm like. Oh, it's really cool. Shout out to all the pod listeners who have a drawer microwave, (laughs) because I know that that you do. There's two signs that you've made it in in America. (laughs) Just two. One is the drawer microwave, microwave in a drawer. And two is when you're getting on an airplane and you turn left. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, sure. Like an international flight. Yeah, everybody else is turning right. You turn left. Got it. You're going to first class, baby. So not to just tangent on microwaves, but I thought I had make it. I, I had made it when I had a, a hood microwave like over my oven. Those things are huge. Like oh, just yeah. the space within them. And they don't even need the rotating table. I don't mm-hmm. care about any of that. But it just the size of a hood mm-hmm. microwave. So then we bought this house back in May. Not only does it not have a hood microwave, the house <laughs> didn't even come with a microwave. Yeah. So I had to go like buy one. That's like a freestanding microwave and first world problems. It felt like a giant leap backwards. Yeah. You are scrounging. <laughs> our, our microwave, it was secondhand borrowed from someone else who got it secondhand. It's so like old and weak. I don't know. How do you measure like the- You have to wind it, it up or yeah, something? Yeah, is it like a horse watts or whatever? It's <laughs> like it's like half a horse watt and it basically, you, like, you want to do popcorn, you have to put it in for like six minutes. Oh. Really? And I love our microwave, but for the fact that it screams at us and won't stop screaming at us. So it That's, doesn't just go like, beep, 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 I'm done. It goes like, I can't even do it on the microphone because I'll offend everyone, but it's so loud and it's so long. And, and insistent, right? It's just not, bing. But, yeah, <laughs> there wish, it is. I wish. My husband has talked about the need to get 
a new microwave just because the sound of this one is so ear-piercingly shrill it's and good engineering. awful. But it's the only one that fits the little cubby, you uh, know? Like, yeah. And this is why friends of the pod tune in. Microwave talk. <laughs> So give us, all right, give us a yeah, sip what's of the going on? What happened at Thanksgiving? Uh, what's, guys, what, what What do we need to know? Uh, well, you probably don't need to know any of it, but... Well, here's um, what here's what the listeners need to know. I was at the game store... <laughs> they need to know. ...Wednesday night, and I got a text <laughs> from Marin asking if there's a church van, because her... Uh, you take it from here. Okay, I was just looking for a church vehicle large enough to go rescue my sister and her three small children and her husband, who had all broken down on their way to see me Wednesday night. Um, they broke down in Ohio somewhere. I think it's Harrison or Harrisonville, something like that. But they broke down, I guess it's about an hour and a half away from Indy. Um, they and this it, is like the 11th car that's broken down in your family Yeah. in the well, last... Three weeks. Well, let's let's just talk about the last two days <laughs> okay. if you want. But yeah, so my the whole point of contacting you was to find out who has church keys, like to get a church yeah. sizable vehicle. So we have a van, but our van is not roadworthy. So I couldn't go pick up my sister and her family in my van because mm, we might can't not have trust made it. it home safely. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, long story short. She contacted me at about 6.30. The Enterprise Rent-A-Car in the town where she broke down closed at 6. Oh, so she was kind of too late on that mm. holiday rented car. So the Fishers one was open till 7. So we had about 30 minutes to decide if we were going to look for a friend who had a car that mm-hmm. we could use or if we were going to pony up the big bucks and go rent a car big enough to, to get to her. Mm-hmm. And as the time just kept ticking down, be like, Jed, we have 15 minutes to figure this out. <laughs> Jed, Jed, we have seven You're minutes. You're putting Jed's life in danger at this seven, point. <laughs> seven minutes to figure this out. So finally, he went to the Fisher's Rent-A-Car Place uh, Enterprise. He rented a vehicle from them and on his way to Ohio, he went and about five minutes after he secured a rented vehicle your dad called me back dave called me back (laughs) he said sure yeah totally would have been willing to help it's just it was just unfortunate timing Mm. it's wednesday night everyone's out with their family yeah everyone's having a good time holidays well i was by myself at the game store but (laughs) everyone's at the game store (laughs) and i have a family crisis so we got my sister to my house in that rented car and then with that rented car we were able to get to chicago and back And so my brother-in-law and my husband went to pick up their supposedly fixed vehicle. They Mm. had left it with a random mechanic in Ohio. and First mistake. He (laughs) ensured them that it was roadworthy. And so they drove it that hour and a half Sunday morning before we got to the 11 o'clock service Mm -hmm. and we saw you, Barry. Jed and my brother-in-law drove to Ohio, got the van that belongs to my brother-in-law, Drove it back to Fisher's to pick up the wife, the kids, all this stuff. And they stopped off here at the 11 o'clock service on their way out of town, which wow. was awesome. It was awesome for me to be able to show my sister and my brother-in-law around the 146th Street campus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I took them for a tour of the woodshop and the costume department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> department. Like, this is all you need to see right here. This yeah. is where it's at. This is awesome. So they didn't have time to go visit, you know, the care center wing and all right. the other. We just had time to like look at the South Auditorium and then kind of poke around backstage a little bit. The woodshop and backstage, two places that most people probably haven't been to Absolutely. at the 146th Street. Yes. That's, that's why I wanted to take them there. So it was cool. 
So they left my house and they broke down two and a half hours later. <laughs> oh my goodness. Same problem. Somewhere in, uh, where were they? Kentucky. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, they had both of their axles replaced and then made it home late last night. Like so, late, late, late last night. When's the last time you just sat in one place and like thought about how life is going? I try not to do that. <laughs> or like rested. When's the last time you rested? Dread, existential dread. Keep busy. Don't stop Because your life moving. is always just like bouncing from one place to the next. Or to one the next, crisis to the yeah, next. Right. Next always, crisis. Yeah. Right. So today's Somebody's crisis. broken down somewhere. Or you, you're you broken down I somewhere. Broke down or house house is flooding or something's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. The house is trees underwater. Trees are falling over. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. always something. You know, you just try to stay positive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to sit in one place and like think think over the past year, just like how great of a year this has been. Or my mom is awesome with the positivity thing, and yeah. she's like where like my sister breaks down and I'm terrified that like she's gonna get eaten by a coyote. My mom <laughs> just is like, hey, thank God that you broke down and didn't get in an accident yeah. on the highway. You know, so it's just all mm-hmm. in how you look at it. I can look at the chaos of the last year of my life and shake my fist at God, or I can look at the chaos and say, wow, you brought us through that one. You mm. brought us through that one. Mm-hmm. You brought me through this afternoon when my car broke down right in yeah, front Yeah, I just want you to have the second it you takes brought, to think about it. You brought Ephraim along with jumper cables right when I needed uh, oh it the goodness. most. Like, thank you, Jesus. You brought me through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are someone who... Great thing in front of you focused on the existential dread or whatever. Existential dread. Like today, we're going to a Pacers game (laughs) in a couple days, uh, you and Jed and Lauren and I. Yeah. And I said, hey, great news. These tickets allow us to like stand and like give the players high fives on their way out. (laughs) And she goes, ooh, during flu season? I'm like, what? That's like a huge Thing to be happy about. You're like, ew, oh, germs. Come on, where are my sixes at? Where are all my sixes? <laughs> come on. <That's> awesome. <laughs> Cower in fear with me. Oh, man. Guys, <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month now, uh, my dad heard me say, Barry, yes. build me a game table on the pod. And on he said, pod. not on my watch. <laughs> and so he built me a game table that he delivered to my house this is a christmas gift he had to get it out of his garage my mom was um upset that i I received this before christmas but he's like i gotta gotta, i gotta get it out of the garage (laughs) and so he brought it over guys it looks this it looks stunning yeah so a couple questions that i know one other friend of the pod asked if if you repurposed the legs no okay so he did not so he built it from scratch like he Drew up plans himself. He asked me a couple things like, what do you want? And I said, the things I said were, I, I need it to be a certain size and I want LED lights around it to light the playing area. <laughs> and I want it recessed. I want the middle of the table recessed so that you can roll dice and they won't fall off the table and all that stuff. Did you pick up any of this skill? Like, is this no. like passed down from father to son? <laughs> no. Woodworking? Well, I told him I wanted to help him with it. And then and he said, you know, it's fine. Yeah, actually, he's been he like, yeah, that's a, home. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Um, but he built the pedestal for it. He built the table. So it's not four legs. It's pedestal. It's a pedestal underneath. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you can plug it in. And when you plug it in, it like turns the lights on and you can charge your devices. <gasps> They've got it's got like outlets on each side. No. You can charge your devices. Are you kidding me? It's a masterpiece. I the cup holders were impressive. Yeah, there's I cup holders in it. Had, like 
electrical outlets. It is fantastic. Wow. Are so, the cup holders refrigerated, though? Mm, <laughs> come you on, can up, You can upgrade, yeah. <laughs> so that's so what like, I did over the how weekend. How big is it? Like, is it as tall as you? Like, in lengthwise? Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no actual, in the photos that you've sent us, there's nothing you can't to There's no reference. So if you it's were to four like, by six. If you were to starfish, like, lay across the table. What are you saying? It's shorter than you. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> He's never going to get on that table. <laughs> Starfish on the table. It's too valuable for uh, that. It's four by six, four feet by six foot feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty big. Yeah. And it's heavy, but I told him I wanted a four by six table. So, okay, so inaugural... it could fit probably up to eight people playing a game. So how many have you had so far? I've only had four at a time. Okay. But And, and, and the inaugural game played on game table. What was it? I don't even know. Something uh, about a starfish. No, you said starfish. <laughs> it was uh, it was a game called Spirit Island. That's it. And friend of the pod, Harrison uh, Bottorf, yes. this morning was like, hey, next time you play that game, let me know. He, did. he loves it. So He did, and I stood there, and I just stared at both of you. Game nights at my house forever. <laughs> um, By the way, I did, I've had a couple conversations with people who, if you were to create an informal like game night, open invitation for all grace people, it would be a huge, huge really? success. Oh yeah. Oh, we gotta do it. There's a, there's a, enough people exactly like you, Tyler, looking oh. looking to find other people to play their games with. And the whole <laughs> this whole time I thought I was all alone. You're not. Great. Bring them together, Tyler. Grace Church, come to my house. <laughs> um I have to talk about this before we get into the sermon because it drove me nuts. Okay. Have you guys done these DNA tests? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. No, I haven't. I I want to, okay. but I have not yet. So it's like a thing the past few years. You can buy this kit, send away. I don't know what you're sending away. Blood samples or something? Saliva. 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 A couple weeks later, you get results of like where you, I don't even know, where you ancestors came from or right. I, don't, I don't know what you get. That's fine. Do that. <laughs> Whatever. If you need to know that you came from like, the Mayflower or something like came fine from the Mayflower. Well, your aunt, whatever. I think it's more like you're mostly Northern European. Okay, it's like kind of. Yeah, it's like not. Regional. Or like right. Your Which, by the way, my great, aunt, great, great. my dad's sister did it. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dad, but uh, she did it, and they confirmed something that we've long suspected that I do have North African blood somewhere in me. You've long suspected. So you that? found yeah, that out because through my one great of these grandfather kits. was from southeastern Spain, where the Moors had invaded, yeah. and he had dark, like more darker complexion sure. than others. So we're the like, Moors. I bet we've got at least a little bit of North Africa in us, and we do. So That's if all. you want yes. to find out that like your great 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 grandma was like a lord of Yam or something, <laughs> the kingdom of Yam. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Do that. That's fine. <laughs> Today. I get on Amazon because it's Amazon, it's Cyber Monday deals week. Yeah. They go all week yeah, it's a with week the now. deals. Mm-hmm. I get on there and the featured deal is a DNA kit for your dog. <laughs> what? What? Do it. Uh, <laughs> what? A DNA <laughs> kit for your dog for $140. What are you going to find out with your with this DNA you know, kit for your dog? You know what? It's a total scam because <laughs> every time that you do that, you send it in, you spend the money, they send you back a card and it just says wolf. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, it says uh, PetSmart <laughs> yeah. or something. No, you know, like Maggie's a boxer. So she's yeah, but you already know that. German roots. Who cares? <laughs> we Like I said, I've said this a million times. We have officially run out of problems if you're going to Cyber Monday, Amazon, and you can't wait 
to see what the deal is on dog DNA kits. Well, I guess I'm, my dog is a purebred boxer, so I don't have to wonder too much. But right. what if you took in a stray yeah. dog if you adopt, off the street? You can't quite tell what it is. You're not sure. That's who the DNA but kit why, is for. Why do you need to know? Just it's because dog. you want to better neat. understand your pet. You want to better understand their tendencies. Why are they shaking this toy at me so like rapidly? Is it is it that they're terrier? Is it the terrier in them that makes them want to go and seek out this stray sock and bring it to me as I walk through the door? You have you, that's what you want to know. Not interested. <laughs> I think maybe that that rings a bell. Maybe Humphrey is part terrier, terrier. because he now has a thing. Humphrey's my pet rabbit. If you don't know that. And he has this new thing where he goes and gets loose socks and gloves and carries them around the apartment. It's freaking adorable. It's amazing that like what they were bred to do, not yeah. necessarily rabbits, but what Maggie would have been bred <laughs> right. to do was forever to go ago. Hunt she's mice still doing stuff. it. Yeah. yeah. And bringing it to me. Look what I got you. I yep. got you this sock. Can't you just go to the library and like look for, they've got a million dog books. Just look <laughs> through the pictures till you find yours. Why and- would you go all the way to the library because it's you, free it's not 140 dollars cyber monday deals and you could google it that's what uh, i'm saying yeah anyways i just had to get that out there oh i, I tweeted today that i'm looking to trim my list of people i follow online and so if you are someone that has purchased this <laughs> i'm starting with you righteous indignation <laughs> my goodness can't do it oh. someone is going to be offended and someone is going to write an email hey tyler b at gracechurch.us <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Convince me why that's a good idea. All right, let's move on. Oh, man. Barry? Yeah. You preached a sermon this past weekend in our last week of Anything Can Happen series. Uh, You preached about freedom. It was basically a little taste of what's to come in January. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Um, And you preached primarily on Romans 8. But can you set us up? Can you give us the big idea for anyone who may have missed it or hasn't uh, gone back to listen or watch the sermon since? Absolutely. So it was a little bit of a weird sermon. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a normal, the normal sermon sort of format or structure that I would normally do. Cause I set up the first little bit of time was talking about the fact that for the next four months at Grace, we are going to be designing all of our services, all of our sermons um, with the mentality that people will be inviting their ones. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend a little bit of time kind of recapping what that is the idea that uh, although there are probably many people in our life that we would long to you know know God know Jesus that um, there's we believe that looking at one person choosing one ha- having the Holy Spirit kind of place one person on your heart and really focusing on that one person and loving them and staying in the room with them and praying for them is is sometimes more effective than wringing your hands about a whole cloud of people that you can't really reach a yeah lot. so all that to say we're really encouraging people the next four months we are going to be designing our services with your one in mind. So bring them. That was kind of the first mm-hmm. like third of my sermon was talking about that. Um, but then I began talking about uh, what essentially I'm going to be talking about Romans eight all January. It's the first time I'm going to be preaching four weeks in a row from one chapter, from one chapter, because it is meaty enough. Oh, oh my and I'm, goodness. And I'm already like, how am I going to be able to cover all this? Oh it's goodness. so good. It's like one of my best favorite chapters in the Bible. Yeah. Y'all can read Romans eight and get excited about what's coming. Oh yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's, it's good stuff. So much. Yeah. And so all of it's kind of falling under the rubric of freedom. And, uh, I mentioned in the sermon, so this isn't a spoiler really, but, um, each of the weeks is going to be on a different kind of freedom that comes through Christ, freedom from sin 
and the power of sin, uh, freedom from death and decay, freedom from self-sufficiency and mm-hmm. freedom from shame. Those are the, those are the things that we can have freedom from in Jesus. So be, knowing that I, I'm going to have a whole month to talk about Romans eight, I, I decided this chance or this uh, weekend, what I would do is essentially just paint the picture of one metaphor Paul uses to talk about that freedom and that metaphor is adoption. So I set up a little bit of what, um, what the Roman readers who would have first heard about this, uh, would have been thinking when he talked about adoption. And then I sort of described the fact that, uh, Paul is saying that, uh, we were not just taken out of slavery and brought into, you know, not slavery and freedom. Mm-hmm. We were from slaves. We were adopted into a family. And so it's this, this, like absolutely ridiculous leap from the lowest of the low in Roman society to, you know, heirs of the King. It's this intense, Mm -hmm. crazy idea. Um, and just talking about that. And then I ended, and my big idea is essentially like there's freedom in the family of God. When we are, when we are children of God, we experience that freedom. And so I, for some reason I felt like the spirit was leading me to share a story, which had been very, it's been very important to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's deeply emotional for me. Um, It's the story of a little boy in Ukraine, little Peter, who um, had muscular dystrophy. I met him at Romanov orphanage. And uh, it's a story of how he got adopted by a Ukrainian man and his family. And just that, that image of little Peter getting adopted to me it represented in a modern context some of what Paul, I think, was getting at when he talked about adoption mm. and the freedom that came uh, for his readers. So mm. anyway, that was essentially my sermon. Like I said, a little bit not as cut and dry and traditional, but um, that was that was it. Mm. So um, w- take me to uh, the world of the text. Yeah. Um, what somebody reading this at the time and they're learning about adoption Were they, you said it was mostly adoption was for the, the rich or right. the, the well off. Yep. Okay. So yep. you, you, you said it was a practicality of power, right? Um, is that the person that's reading this or who's reading this letter initially from Paul? Right. What, who's, who, who's his audience? It would have been, what would they have thought it would have been a whole gamut. It would have been everything from people who were wealthy, uh, to people who were slaves, okay. uh, literally actual still slaves. Um, it would have been younger people, older people, Jews, Gentiles. It would have been a huge mix because Rome was, I mean, that was the epicenter of the, of the world at the mm-hmm. time. And, um, the people who would have been attracted to the gospel would have been from just about every possible walk of life. Um, so they would have all been familiar with this. I mean, this is the, the world behind the text that they would have all been familiar with the idea of adoption, but many of them, this would have been a something that they probably had not experienced much in mm-hmm. their life. Because if we look at other ancient sources before sort of the Roman political adoption that I talked about, it's really not a common, it's not a common thing, especially in Israel. It was not a common practice in Israel, for for example. One thing I, I didn't point out, which I, I find interesting is, and maybe because of some of the theological foundation, but in the hundreds of years after the church was born, Christians did become those who adopted the unwanted and unloved in the world. And in fact, there was this, this wild rumor that started that it's going to sound really weird. I think I might've mentioned this once before, but there was this wild rumor going around that Christians used to, uh, eat babies in loaves of bread 
And what? Yeah, I know. It's super weird. But here's why that rumor went around. A, people got confused about this whole eating the body and the blood of Jesus thing. They got that confused with the fact that whenever there was an orphaned or abandoned child on the road, often Christians would come and take the child. And they interpreted that as, oh, they must be using them for some sort of sacrifice like all the other temples do around here. But no, they were adopting them into their family. Okay, so that's not true. Not true. Totally false rumor. And there's a whole, like a whole ancient document of like one Christian leader essentially trying to, you know, prove, no, that's not the case. This is what's actually happening. But Christians were adopting children and this was a new phenomenon and they were out of compassion. They were representing the adoption that they had experienced spiritually. So anyway, what does that say about human nature? Like, why do we just jump to the worst possible thing? Like, oh, grab that kid off the side of the road, must be making bread. Right. Why do we do that? <laughs> right. I don't know. Also, and now here we are wanting to do a DNA test to see if we're related to those people. <laughs> what does that say about I don't know. human nature? But and you know what? It's also possible that the the rumor was started in a malicious way because there were people who hated Christians and wanted to discredit their message, yeah. and so don't if, go near them. Yeah, they eat babies. Like yeah. that would be something that would scare people. That so sure potentially, would. potentially, it was not necessarily. It didn't just happen. Maybe it was on purpose that they made that rumor up, but. Whatever the so, case, someone found it important enough that they had to disprove it. Thank you for taking us there, Barry. No problem. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little bit of a tangent. I just think it's interesting. You mentioned some world behind the text. You said that um, in the time that this letter was written, there was theological confusion yeah. within the church that had been planted, and mm-hmm. Paul's trying to kind of clear some of that up. The baby and, sandwich is part of that? <laughs> I don't think so, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then there was division between Jews and Gentiles. Right. Would you... Was was the the letter to the Romans? Was it written mostly to Gentiles? Um, that's a that's a very debated question, which is actually it's really interesting. Why? Who was he writing to, and why? Because that actually really changes some of the claims that he's making, or or gives them different nuance, enhances or enhances yeah. or yeah. So one of the things the, the the theory that I find probably most compelling is that, um, like I mentioned in the sermon, Paul had not yet been to Rome. Right. So he didn't plant the church in Rome. Other apostles had done that. And so there's some some growing scholarship that basically says that the church in Rome had more of a direct link to Jerusalem. So the apostles from Jerusalem are the ones that essentially began the congregation in, in Rome. And as we can see, there's a, there was a lot of disagreement. There was the um, Jerusalem Council. There were all these different uh things going on where there was misunderstandings and disagreements about what does it mean? Do, do Gentiles have to become Jews first to enter the family of God? Do they have to get circumcised and follow the law of Moses or not? Right. There's all that confusion. So meanwhile, so potentially there were Jews and Gentiles in Rome who believed that they had to become, they had to become Jews to become Christians. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Paul is traveling all over the Roman world and seeing Gentiles come to Christ and get baptized in the Holy spirit and like so abundantly clear that they are not required to go through the, ritual. to go through the ritual to become, to, to earn their way into. Yeah. yeah. So Paul writes Romans and in throughout the book, he talks about, I want to give you my spiritual gift and people don't really know exactly what that means. But one of the best arguments I've heard is that his argument through most of the book is his spiritual gift, which is what he's learned from taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And he's, and he wants to tell them, look, all these things that you're hearing about about the idea that Gentiles have to become Jews first is wrong. Because look, mm-hmm. I've seen it happen, and and so anyway, that, that uh, I don't even know if we'll get into that much in January, perhaps a little bit. But that that's sort of some of why of what per, per, you know what's the word I'm looking for 
Perpetu? What? No. Ba- ba- I don't know. Anyway, one of the reasons. Of squirrel noises. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Why, why Paul wrote that? Yeah. So if I am a Roman reader, mm-hmm. am I revering this? Like we do today, like Apostle Paul, whoa, we have this letter from Paul. Like, is he just another guy to me or Mm. is he just a well-known missionary? Is he a father to me if I'm a reader? Right. That's a great question. How do I think of him? That's a great question. I No doubt by this point, by the time he wrote this, he had developed some level of fame or notoriety, Mm -hmm. depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I mean, he was the Pharisee who was killing, who was hunting Christians in the zeal that he had for the Lord, who now is in that same zeal planting churches for Christ. And it's, yeah. that would have been, he would have been talked about. He would have been somewhat legendary, not to mention the fact that he came to Jerusalem to help them set the record straight on the whole Jew Gentile yeah. issue in the first place. So his reputation would have at least been known. Mm. I just don't know whether they would have liked that or not, liked him or not. Mm. Um, oh, but I will say this just came to mind. Some of the people that he mentions in his letter are people that he's worked with. Uh, he's had interactions with in Ephesus, in other cities. And so he does have a good relationship with some of the people who are in the Roman church. Um, you talked about how nothing can separate us from God's love. Yeah. Um, and that we are children of God, we are heirs. And as you're saying this, I'm thinking, why isn't everybody just like rising up and clapping? Like, shouldn't yeah. that fire us up that yeah. we are, that that is the truth, right? Well, and some were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A oh, some were. A few so, people clapped yeah. at 4.30. Well, and I was at the 11 o'clock. Okay. And so yeah. whoever was in the front row <laughs> mm-hmm. that was like amening you mm-hmm. every time you said the word freedom, you can hear this person's voice if you listen <laughs> to the, the sermon that we posted, like, Hey, you missed Sunday? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Watch the sermon on our yeah, app or yeah. whatever. And so there is definitely some folks in the room really? that were definitely like shouting hallelujah it's, with all this. It's so funny. We're in a we're in a weird place where some people can't help themselves. They have to they have to sure. respond. That's just how you listen to a sermon. You respond. Yes. And other people are like, do I, I don't want to make any noise. I don't want to clap, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so what ends up happening is this weird, like meet, <laughs> meeting of the worlds where like every now and then someone will start to clap and then other people are like, oh. <laughs> and I'm always like, I, okay. awkward yeah. silence. No, I it's, think that's part of the beauty yeah. of multicultural worship. Is yeah, we come absolutely. from different backgrounds and we bring our right. our traditions with us. And I'm I'm pretty vocal when yeah. I'm praying and yeah. when I'm, I'm tr- listening to a sermon. I, I I don't even think to do it. I can't help it. Right. It's just I'm trying part to get of how I'm trying to get better at, at like in those moments stopping and be like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Like, you, you can go call. ahead because <laughs> it's worth it. So, uh, yeah. So. I was wondering, I was sitting there and I was like, do you think the the idea of being an heir to something just doesn't resonate anymore? Because I feel like that was a huge deal probably when he wrote this. It's like, you are an heir to God's throne and you are a child of God. And that probably- Heir, fired- heir of his glory. And you, yeah. share which his, is- you share in his suffering. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that part I had too. to read that even though I was like, we're not getting into this yeah, at all today. I noticed you did that. Yeah. But uh, I didn't want to leave it out because then people would be like, why didn't he you read that first? He left it out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like today you read the word heir and you're like, I barely know what that means. Right. right. I mean, unless, unless you know someone who's come into an inheritance or you've been a recipient of an inheritance, like we still use that word and we still use it in a positive way. Like, yeah. you know. I don't think the word is lost on our culture. Um, 
but yeah, I was wondering some of the same things. Uh, specifically for me, it was adoption. Mm. Since most of us in the room don't know what that feels like or, mm. or haven't lived yeah. that, can we can we really identify with what Barry just kind of talked to us about a couple minutes ago? The drastic leap from slave, which was another word that most people in the room can't really identify with, right. Right. not been, you know, enslaved by another human being right. in this lifetime. Um, some of these words are harder for our culture this day and age to really grasp the way they would have grasped it right back then. Right. But Which, I don't think it's lost on us completely. No. And frankly, that's one of the reasons I think that it was important to try to tell a story that put it in some kind of a modern context. Yeah. Obviously we're not Ukrainian, so sure. But the idea of someone who little Peter, who was trapped against in note through no choice of his own, he was trapped yes. against his will in a, in a life he couldn't escape. Mm who needed someone to bring him out of that. But then it wasn't just taking him out and being like, Hey, you're free, go about your business. It was, and now you're a part of my family and you will have, mm. you will eat from our table and you will have the right of, you'll have brothers and sisters who love you. You'll have parents who, yeah. who care for you and take you places and teach you things. Like the, the idea of adoption is more than just, uh, you were this, but now you're this. It's more like, this is an entire new way to live, mm. you know? And to so me, it was when the father is it Yuri? Was it Yuri, father? yeah. Moved back in, yeah. moved in to the orphanage. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I had to whisper to Jed during the sermon. Sorry, I'm a sermon whisperer. Do it. Do you ever see people like <laughs> leaning over to their spouse? Like, that's totally me. Yeah, I usually just, I just assume talk they're out, talking right. about what they're going to have for lunch or something. No, but. no, no. But there were some images that you used in the sermon. Um, and now I've been there. And so oh, I can yeah. tell Jed, oh, I know exactly what stairway they're standing on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Carrying... Um, Peter out yeah. of the orphanage. I, I've been there. It, it right. just, it took on a whole different meaning for me and had to whisper and tell my husband, Oh yeah. my goodness, I, I can't believe this, what I'm seeing. But yeah, because I've been there, mm. the notion of him setting up a cot and going to the depths mm -hmm. for the love of his child. Yeah. That's what got me. Oh yeah. If that is not a perfect illustration and of what Jesus did for us. Yeah. I mean, to, to an even worse extreme, Jesus didn't have a cot, you right. know what I mean? But right. Jesus went to the utmost depths right. to bring us back. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <coughs> How old was Peter when he got adopted? I want to say, oh man, I don't have all the details. Was he like a teenager? Or he was, was he like a child? 12, but okay. he, his body was small. Yeah. He, yeah. He I remember looked... him being super small. Mm -hmm. Um, but wasn't he, I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have all the facts, but wasn't he one of the first in like decades to get adopted from there? I no? believe so. I believe so. Yeah. So he had even less hope than like, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of hope orphans have in orphanages anyways, but adoptions just did not happen at this place. Right. Because that, it was a, it was full of boys with special needs in a right. country that does not value. It was a literal dead end. And you know what? I don't think the, the young men or boys would actually understand this, but they, once they aged out, once they got to 18 or 30 or whatever they ended up, yeah. they, they ended up shifting the, the age that they had to move. But once they aged out, they were taken directly to essentially a mental institution. Yeah. Or out you, on the streets or something. Well, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and I, this is actually a good chance to to bring up the fact that I was so trying, I was tempted to try to figure out how to put this into my sermon, but I realized it was just going to muddy the waters. But there is another family, uh, an American family, Kim and Jed Johnson, who um, have developed this heart for Ukraine, for especially um, young men in Romanov, and they have 
because they are out of their minds in yeah, their man. passion for following Christ. They have moved their entire family. They moved their four kids to Ukraine. They bought a rural Ukrainian homestead and they have since adopted four of the boys from from Romanov orphanage and while they were doing it they got pregnant and had a baby so now if they you have, ever want to feel like you're not doing enough I, in life I go know. hang out with Jed and Kim they have nine children four of whom are former inmates for lack of a better right. term yeah. at one of the worst orphanages in the world and they these people, yeah, you look at them, you're like, what have I done recently? Yeah. Oh my but goodness. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for them, but they've done that out of the, out of the compassion of their hearts. And you can follow their story. I believe it's wide awake family.com yeah. or .org. So, um, but man, it, yeah. So. so yeah, that, that further illustrates the, the confinement that Peter was in, right? right? He had no hope. And I was, I was there kind of, I don't know, eight to 10 years ago too, and man, oh, that place is terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. It, it's better now, right. but it's still an orphanage and it's still full of guys with special needs. Right. But crammed in the benches where, where once there was one caretaker for 30 guys. Now it's like two yeah. or 30. So it's still not like a wonderful place. And I remember right. Peter mm. and you said it at the beginning when you started sharing the story, he was the sweetest yeah. boy I, I've ever seen. Yeah. And so- for him to come out of there just like sweet and hopeful and like excited about the sky or whatever he, whoever he's, he's, he's interacting with. He always had a smile on his face. He's always happy. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. The, the confined, the thing that he needed to be freed from. Right. And so, yeah, I, you don't know it until you see it, I guess. And unless you're in some kind of, some kind of version of your own slavery or something, yeah. but to be freed from that, you're like, Okay, that's a powerful thing. Mm. Yeah. But if you're just hearing about it, like freed from slavery, yeah, that that's great. Air, great. Right. Adoption, that's yeah. beautiful, you know, but right. until you see it, it's like... One of the things that I, I kind of wish I had spent more time talking about in my sermon was the fact... I, it, the fact that we are all, in some ways, little Peter. I mentioned that in the message, but it, each of us in our own ways is stuck, is is imprisoned yeah either before you know before we follow christ and even sometimes we as christ followers choose to go back to the orphanage we choose to go put the chains back on ourselves, which is the most ridiculous thing of all but we do but this this lack of freedom is sometimes something we don't even notice you don't realize how heavy the chains are yeah it's just of addiction or yeah it, it can be debilitating even though you don't realize that it there are a lot of boys at romanov who have no idea there's anything else, right? They don't know that there's another world out there. Right. That is their world. So there are a lot of us who walk around, a lot of us Americans, suburban Americans who walk around thinking that we're free when in fact we are bound in chains. So, or we just need to be reminded of the freedom we've experienced and then want that for our one. Right. There was a scripture, um, as I was reading Romans eight today, um, that says, if we already have something, we don't, need to hope for it. Right. And I feel like that's where a lot of us find ourselves. Like we've been free for so long. We've been able to see the sky for yeah. so long yeah. that we take it for granted. Yeah. Right. Um, when there are others who just want a glimpse of the sky, right? you know, or yeah. we've been free for so long, we take our freedom for granted, but there are others all around us that don't have the freedom that we have um, or the hope that we have. Yeah. So yeah, that scripture was uh, Romans eight, 
uh, the latter half of verse 24. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And so Go ahead, New King James. I'm yeah. sorry. That's NLT. <laughs> Going against my own, my own commitment to the New King James. Um, but yeah, so some of us are, we've got it and we have to share it. And some of us are still waiting and we're waiting patiently and confidently. Yeah. And others of us are just so blind. We don't even know that that freedom is an option and available right. to us. Right. Do you think freedom um, is scary? Because like you're saying for some people, the, the boys that are still in the orphanage, if they had a glimpse of what else was out there, yeah. I feel like that might be scary to some of them. But I know people right now in my life that are like, I would say they're not free. Yeah. Right. Right. They they need to experience freedom that I've I've experienced. But to them, they'd be like, no, I'm good. That doesn't that's that's hard. What you're explaining sounds hard. Right. It, it doesn't sound like freedom. I'm good. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But to me, I'm like, you need to be freed from what you're doing. Right. Do you yeah. think freedom is scary to some? Definitely. Definitely. I'm thinking back to my work with people who had addictions of all kinds. And as much as they longed to be free from those addictions, it was a scary thought. Yeah. How can I survive without fill in the blank? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So Paul's making the case that this is available to all of us and um, through Christ, through Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're primarily focusing on who the people we're calling our ones. Right. What if you are your own one? How do you know? Which I've heard more people use that expression recently. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. People have said, I think I'm my own one. Hmm. Which, I mean, that's interesting. The God has revealed to them the fact that, man, I'm I'm not free or I don't have, hmm. yeah. I have I don't have a purpose or I'm not surrendered or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. revealing that to them, which is cool. What was, wait, what was so your question? So the question though? is, um, we're supposed to be bringing people to yeah. church. Yeah. But what if I've discovered man, I'm not free myself. And I need to get, I need to get there. Do I need to get there before I bring someone else? You I know? don't, I don't think you do. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Mary, maybe you disagree with me. <laughs> I, part of it is like, because it's not just about bringing them to church. That's huge. But right, it's right, also, right. it's the relationship that you have with them. You are discipling them in a sense yeah. by helping them understand Jesus. But at the same time, so, so yeah, it would be great for you to kind of be surrendered, be free mm-hmm. to be able to walk with someone else through that. But at the same time, who, who among us is, has got it all locked That's down and totally it. figured out. Yes. Well, so, so I can't speak for you guys. It's like, when are you, when are you ready to have children? I'm pretty like, good. Nobody's, nobody's Until ever ready. We all recognize that we are just beggars at the table. Yeah. So all of us. So I would say if you're like, you know, out doing horrific <laughs> haters, if you're out like doing horrific crimes and like breaking all 10 commandments every weekend at once, at once, you're maybe, worse. maybe don't, invite your one you've got some work to do but like <laughs> i think for for anybody who's been coming to grace who's who understands that god loves them who is on this journey like there's no right place to be to be begin introducing other people to the freedom absolutely. that can be theirs absolutely i don't think that i don't think that this is a case of the blind leading the blind if there are 
if you don't have it all together or you feel right. because that I feel like is a lie from the enemy that he would then use as a hindrance to keep you from inviting your one. Well, who am I to go tell them that, you know, they should come to church because they know that I'm right. a hypocrite and right. Right. you know, whatever that, that <laughs> nothing should hinder being able to, Hey, I'm a beggar. You're a beggar. Right. Let's both find our place at the cross. Mm. And I think there's something, there's something genuine and authentic about being able to tell somebody, I don't know what's happening to me, but something good is happening to me. And I want you to experience it too. Cause I love yeah. you. Or even just, Hey, I've, I've been stirred. Maybe, right. maybe it hasn't yet shifted to what you would label as good. Maybe it's just, there's been a stirring in my soul. I'm just, there's kind of, or your dad said it the other day, a pebble in the shoe that mm. the kid said, he just mm -hmm. wants to put a pebble in everybody's shoe and make them wrestle. Yeah. Maybe you're wrestling with something. Yeah. And I think that you can be wrestling and invite someone to come yeah. and, and see what it is that you've been wrestling with. Right. Because the truth is, I mean, obviously I work here and I love Grace, so this is going to sound like, well, of course you'd say that, Barry. But I think Grace is such an interesting place to bring somebody because we are so willing to allow wrestling, to allow uh, you don't have to have it all put together. We are comp we are okay with people, imperfect yeah. people worshiping mm -hmm. together and that's i'm not saying that other churches don't but grace I am. in particular i'm saying that okay <laughs> so, there are churches <laughs> who do not who do not act that way but grace in particular i think you're going to hear sermons from up front that aren't going to be judgmental that are going to be willing to live in the tension and the confusion about reality that we live in that are going to invite you to wrestle and talk and dialogue but are not going to beat you over the head and give you a guilt trip for not being there. I'm saying that because a couple of weeks ago I told a story about the guy who refused to shake my hand as a 16 year old when I got my first tattoo. Yeah. So I've lived in some of these churches that were not what grace is. Yeah. One story I didn't share on that episode. Um, my parents were in a metal band. I think we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And so they always had this ragtag group of like leather clad, <laughs> tattoo clad, pierced up, like whatever. Just yeah. people who did not look like rough and tumble. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Exactly. They had a clan of rough and tumbles that we kind of follow them around. And as my parents wanted to bring them to church, they were not warmly received. And it got to the point where my mom, bless her heart, would run into church ahead of time and mm. ask people, please, would you shake the hand of the friend, our, our friend Joe, we're bringing him today. Would you please just yeah. say hi to him, shake his hand? Yeah. One of the things I love about Grace is that that doesn't have to happen. Right. I never feel like I have right. to come in here and be like, please, will you be kind to my friend I invited? Like it's, <laughs> right, yeah. it's a given and yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've, I've felt it myself. I can walk through the lobby at any given time on any service and see people being loved and welcomed and cared yeah. for. So that's one of the biggest things that makes me proud to be a part of Grace Church. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, come come I've, as you are. I've been in churches that are lacking that. And thankfully, this is not one of them. Yeah. And by the way, the, I, I ask these questions because we just got done saying Paul is saying that this is for everybody. Right. It's, it's not for just the people who are, who've got it together or who don't got it together. And if freedom is for everybody, I've said before, our job at church is to be ready for when you bring yourself or your one. And we're saying we're going to be ready in January. Okay. So we're going to be ready. Bring yourself, bring your one. And both of you listen to the message of freedom. Because right. if you feel like you're not in a place where you can, 
you can uh, share the freedom. All right, we, we got this. We'll share right. it. And then your job is to just bring them into right. the introduction of freedom. Right. But we're going to we're going to be ready. Um, yeah. And I mean, you read Romans eight and I'd like to find one person, one ultra mature Christ follower who does not still wonder if their their shame is too much for God or if yeah. their their past is too is too much for forgiveness or if they really, you know, who has no doubts at all. It's just not it's not real. All of this is stuff that every one of us. Every one of us yeah. is going to. Doesn't gonna... it start with there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus? Yeah. And then it ends with what can separate, what can us, separate from the love us of God? It's just like yeah. the most beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I could talk about Romans 8 for months. Hmm. Why are we only spending one month on this? Mary? I know. I know. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Seriously, having to try to divide this up into four weeks was actually really hard. I know. I, yeah. It's just been... people, people, read Romans 8. How oh, yeah. many heavy hitters are in Romans 8? <laughs> oh, we got a lot of good ones. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's it. He causes everything to work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. That's in there too. It's like every mm-hmm. new King James. <laughs> oh, I'm so distorted today. It's like I don't know what's every, going on with that. Like strong quotable scripture outside oh, yeah. of like John three sixteen is right. in Romans eight. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. One of the scriptures that stood out to me when I was reading it was um, also in Romans eight. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. Oh yeah. And in context with. Peter's story and the new body that awaited him. I was choking up in my office just oh, reading man. that. Reading yeah, that. that's going to be fun. That's week uh, two. And even though I know full well that there will be people walking in off the streets who don't know a thing, I am going to talk about eschatology and I'm going to talk about the fact that we have a hope and a new creation and resurrected bodies. So that's fun. Yeah, it will be. I'm actually really excited about it. I mean, it's, it's so important as I read all this, you know, you gave a lot of scriptures up front about freedom. Right. Um, just to give the sense that Paul talks about it a lot. So, but this is what I do. Um, he's so rich in kindness and his grace that he's purchased our freedom from what I say with the blood of his son for you've been called to live in freedom from what I Mm. would ask wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom from what? And so the, from what questions, yeah, that's what we're kind of diving into. That's right. Um, in the coming series about freedom. Woo. Yeah. It's going to be good. So that's in January, but let's talk a little bit about December. What's happening. We're about to get into December. What can we expect there? Yeah, so December, this whole series called Comfort and Joy. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I knew that. And uh, <laughs> the entire series- You were I, there when we decided. I, I know. I keep uh, I keep referring to it as like a big warm hug. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. And so like all nice big warm hugs from the Bible, we are going to look at the prologue of John John's gospel <laughs> where he talks about the incarnate word. No, uh, we are, but Passing you'll see. out Snuggies on your way in, everybody. Yeah. Uh, you'll see because- when we actually get into it, it is about hope and light and life. And this is basically, we're going to just dwell on the fact that God has chosen to pursue us and have a relationship with us, despite the fact that we have no earthly, we don't deserve it whatsoever. And yet he has pursued us in his love and it's, it's stunning. Yeah. The season is all about hope. Yeah. So we'll focus a little bit more on (laughs) the more cosmic Christ Christological perspective, not so much the baby Jesus, but the Mm. incarnate like 
eternal Christ coming to dwell within among us. Whereas last Christmas, we looked a little bit more at the rooting of the person of Jesus in the history of Israel. So it makes sense in my mind. So <laughs> <laughs> I see it as a great one, two punch these two years. So I know I'm we're looking all forward. excited about it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to December. Um, not just for the, for the sermons, but we've got a lot planned in terms of it just kind of hit us this year that Christmas, uh, something that something that makes Christmas like really special for almost everybody is the traditions that you kind of have set up for your families or you've you've just been doing as since a child since you were a child or stuff that you've started doing for for your family and so we were like that's that's part of what makes Christmas have comfort and joy right. like that's part of it Jesus is obviously the the reason but part of it is we get to be with family we get to do stuff that is our tradition yeah and so uh we've got some really exciting things set up uh, coming in the next week, really, every other day in December, we're going to be giving away things that either start or continue uh, your own family traditions. And so we're calling that 12 Days of Comfort and Joy. And there will be much more information on how you can enter to win these things. But there's, there's going to be experiences like we're going to go see Christmas at the zoo and there's going to be things that we're going to hand out. And a lot of this stuff's donated. Like we, mm. we called companies around town and we said, Hey, would you be willing to donate a Christmas tree? And so one of your traditions may be going to cut down a tr- Christmas tree and decorating it as a family, or you haven't done that yet. And that's what you want to do. And so, yeah, I'm really excited because I think the whole month, everything at grace should feel like a warm hug. Yeah. It, it should feel like, Oh, we are building our own family tradition, like as a church and culminating in December 23 and 24, when we have our Christmas Eve services. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about this month and, uh, everything that's ahead. So stay tuned for 12 days of comfort and joy. Cause I'm excited about that. But before we get there this Friday, we have our Spanish worship night. So yes, are you doing that again? I am doing that. Many of you asked me last time, kind of after the fact, well, how come we didn't know about it? And right. well, how can we go? Can we go? Are we invited to go? And yeah. I know if you were here at the 146th street campus, Chris Short was hosting and he gave like a general invitation to, mm-hmm. even if you aren't Spanish speaking, come join us and be a part of this service. So if you're interested, it's this Friday at seven in our student ministries West, I believe it's student ministries West, but this Friday, at seven the, at the 146 146 campus. campus. Yeah, That's right. Cool. That's right. And there will be an interpreter. Yeah, so what so, happens here? What happens there? I, I didn't get to go last time. Yeah, so we we worship, I would say, 95% in Spanish. There might be some English here and there, um, but this is a Spanish worship night. This is a night for our Spanish-speaking community to be able to just worship completely f- freely in their own language. Cool. It's awesome. It's, yeah. I love being a part of it. I love that they asked me to be a part of it. Yeah. I don't consider myself the worship leader for this event. I defer to my Spanish-speaking worship oh, leading buddies, yeah. so they pick all the songs, hmm. and I am just there um, in a support role, and it's a joy for for me to play that role and to be a friend to them and just a sister to them. Cool. So yeah, Spanish worship night, Friday, seven. All right. And then I think there's going to be a, a, a time of testimony, which for that there will be an interpreter. Yes. Um, and then a time of just general kind of town hall conversation. What are Fellowship. your hopes? What are your hopes for Grace Church in the future? Just, just that kind of conversation. There'll be an interpreter for that as well. So cool. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. That's all we got. We're going to, we're going to cut it here. So Marin, um, 
Will you send us out? I will. I will send you out, and then I'll go see if my car will start. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> let's let's pray for that, because I don't. We can't. We can't give you rides. No. Sorry, we got places to be. Jed's here. It's all good. All right, good. Um, hey, everyone, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday.